The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy-licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music. So let's get talking. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. I am your host, Laura Theodore, and man, have we got an absolutely incredible show today with Vicki Velasquez and Larissa Galinas, and they are just They are the hosts of Vegetarian Zen, which is their fantastic podcast. And if you haven't heard it, I hope you're going to go and listen to it after this program today because they've got so much great information about vegan cooking and everything, everything plant-based, everything, everything vegan. They're just two great gals all the way around. But I want to welcome you here. I hope that you and your family are well and that you are having a beautiful day because there's nothing better than good health, don't you think? Well, it is now my great honor to welcome Vicki Velasquez and Larissa Galinas in January 2013, after watching two eye-opening documentaries, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, and Vegucated, partners Vicki and Larissa decided to become vegetarians and began researching how to eat healthier in order to feel better. Now, learning about healthy plant-based eating made them see that a life without meat was completely possible. Inspired by what they were learning, they decided to launch the Vegetarian Zen podcast, created as a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a more compassionate plant-based lifestyle, featuring good food, good friends, and good fun. You can visit them at vegetarianzen.com. That's vegetarianzen.com. VegetarianZen.com after the program today, of course. And I'd like to welcome them to the program right now. How are you today, Vicki and Larissa? Excellent. Yeah, we're doing good. Thank you for having us. I am so happy that you are here. I am such a big fan because you have done so much for the vegan, vegetarian, and plant-based community with your amazing podcast. I know you've got about 400 episodes right now that anybody can go and listen to. And before we get into the show, what is the best URL? Where's the best place that people can find you on the internet and listen to your amazing programs? That would be at vegetarianzen.com. 
you will find links to the podcast on all the platforms that we're on. We're pretty much on all the major platforms like iTunes and uh, Spotify and all that. But Laura, I did want to say too that thank you so much for your kind words. And you have been, I, I don't know if I had not found you that I would have been starting Vegetarian Zen. So you were one of our very early inspirations. So thank you for that because I don't know that uh, without being so influenced by you and your positivity that we would have started our own podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you. You really made my day. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, I want to get right to it because I have so many things to ask you today. And Vicki, first, I'd like to pose this question to you. Why do you think that living a more compassionate plant-based lifestyle isn't just about food? Yeah, I think being compa- living a more compassionate plant-based lifestyle is a mindset. And it starts with being kind to yourself. As I mentioned, when we started in 2013 and we were looking for a way, we were struggling with becoming plant-based. We, we were very much junk food vegetarians. And we even revisit this. We're very upfront with our community that it's something that a lot of people struggle with, especially with new products coming out. And as you know, Laura, just because new, there's, it's great that we're seeing a lot of movement with products in the plant-based space, but not all of them are necessarily healthy for you. And when Larissa and I started, we just eliminated meat but we had not had healthy lifestyles before that. And that certainly wasn't just going to carry over just because we stopped eating meat. And so we started eating a lot of vegan and vegetarian junk food. And we started to feel really poorly about that, about it. And we weren't sure that we were going to be able to keep up with it. But I think that's where the compassion started. Starting to feel compassionate for yourself. There's a lot of old programming that we had to try to overcome within ourselves and we really wanted to start to be kind to ourselves, kind to our bodies, and, and kind to our minds, too, as far as not beating ourselves up and just taking the time to learn and process what we were, what we were doing. Yeah. It's important. It really is. And then also, too, you know, I think that compassion, think about the word compassion. It's like you're saying, you have to be kinder to yourself. But you're also being kinder to animals. Obviously, we'll talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit more later on in the program. But um, also being kind to the earth and being kind to other people, that all has to do with this compassionate plant-based lifestyle, don't you, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. It starts with, and that's why I said, but it's got to start with you as well. You know, it's, I, I, I know this analogy has been used quite a bit, but in the airplanes where it says, put on your own mask before you try to help somebody else on with theirs. Yeah. I think that's yeah. so important because you're coming from a place where you're more solid. Your foundation is solid when you are, are trying to help others on mm-hmm. their own journeys. Now, now, Larissa, talk a little bit about your top tip to living a more compassionate life. I mean, for example, if someone's listening today and for the first time they're saying themselves, oh, you know, well, this plant-based thing sounds kind of interesting, A, and B, hmm, being more compassionate, kinder person, that sounds good. But how do you get started? Larissa, what is your top tip for that? Well, I think that, you know, the most important thing you can do is just to do what you can every day 
and don't beat yourself up for what you can't. And it's, you know, one of the things that kind of one of our mantras from the very beginning with, with Vegetarian Zen is, has been uh, that it's not an all or nothing. You can't have an all or nothing mentality. Um, so, you know, if you, and this, this applies to not just your, your eating habits, but it applies to everything with a compassionate lifestyle. So it applies to, you know, the way you deal with uh, the environment and animals and and other people and everything. So uh, don't beat yourself up if if you're not perfect because you can't be perfect. So if, you know, if you can have a meatless Monday, for example, just to start off or just make one one meal a day um, plant-based, that's, that's a start. Mm -hmm. And then don't beat yourself up if you, if you, miss a Monday, you know, or if uh, your circumstances don't allow you to do that one time. Um, And then also don't compare yourself to others. And then don't let others make you feel guilty or ashamed or anything like that, you know, for what you're doing or or not doing. Mm -hmm. I think the all or nothing mindset is really what can discourage a lot of people from even trying. And so that's Mm -hmm. why we're so we talk about that so much. I know when I first became plant based, one of my best friends said, oh, I could never do that. I, I couldn't give up my favorite hamburger. Well, if you look at it that way, that's going to be really hard to do. But like Larissa just said, if you start with a meatless Monday, you at least see what's possible. And I I think that's why we talk so much about it on our, in our, in our group, because we have a lot of folks that we, we have, we say our community is consists of vegans, vegetarians, and the veg curious, which we welcome with open arms because we want people to be able to ask questions in an environment where they feel safe to do so. And we always say, as long as you're respectful of others, we're respectful. Uh, our group, our, our group is always respectful, but I just mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. ask questions in a respectful way. For example, you know, why is vegan, why is honey not considered vegan? That's a hot topic in some groups. I've seen these go way off the rails where if someone's just innocently asking a question to try to gain knowledge for their own, you know, so they can try to do better on their own, there's no point in beating somebody up. You know, just coming at them more compassionately will get them to listen a little bit better than making them feel bad about even asking the question in the first place. Yeah, I understand. And I agree 100%. I I understand what you're saying because that's something that I have been faced with as well. And when we first started the television show, that was my goal. That was my mission. There's got to be a safe place on broadcast television for people to turn on the television. And whether they're omnivorous or vegetarians or vegans or just veg curious, they've got to feel comfortable, like they're not being judged. They've got to feel comfortable comfortable watching the program and making the decisions for themselves. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. You know, my mission, my mission matches exactly to what you guys are doing because it, it is important because if people don't feel safe in the space, then they're going to say, well, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable with that. Am, am I making sense? Does this make sense to you? Absolutely. Yeah. That people are repelled by things that make them feel bad about themselves. <laughs> uh, understandably yeah. it's so if we're, if we're empowering them with knowledge for them to be able to make better decisions on their own, that's something they're more likely to, to do going forward. I agree. I agree. Larissa, Talk about your overall mission to provide this peaceful place. Where did this come from? I mean, that's what we're talking about. But where, how did you and, and Vicki say to yourselves, um, 
Well, this is how we have to get started. What is your personal reason for that? What are your personal reasons for that? Right. Well, you know, it's funny. It, it uh, We were on, it was uh, 2013, and I think Vicki was off for the holidays for a few days from work, and we uh, turned on Netflix and found a couple of doc. We like to watch documentaries, and we happened to find a couple of uh, documentaries that were about, you know, plant-based lifestyle. So it was uh, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead was the first one that we watched, and then we the second one we watched was uh, Vegucated, and I got to tell you, I couldn't get through Vegucated. I, uh, I had to... to close my ears, you know, and close my eyes a little bit because just the the reality was just so harsh about the way that the factory farming industry is and the way that animals are treated. And when we got done with that second documentary, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know what, that's it. <laughs> so the next day we called, um, we called Vicky's sister and brother-in-law and they came over and took all of the, the meat and meat products out of our house. And, um, you know, it was it was a little bit harder than we thought. We thought, okay, well, now we're vegetarian and, and that's it and everything's going to be good and we're going to be healthy. And and I think Vicki had mentioned this earlier. Uh, we actually, it didn't work that way. We became junk food vegetarians for a while mm-hmm. and that made us do, feel pretty awful. Yeah. So we started doing some research, uh, and we did find some great information, but, again, we also came across some resources that felt kind of, judgmental or or shaming and kind of made us feel bad. And that's so not our vibe. And so that made us want to create our own space Mm -hmm. and and hence the the Zen and vegetarian Zen. Uh, So we wanted to have our own space where we could invite others and, you know, other people would feel safe and comfortable and we would feel safe and comfortable and no matter where they are on their, their plant-based journey, or, you know, even if they're just, Veg curious, as, as yeah. we say, they just want to learn more about it. And that's where I you influenced that. us as well, Laura, because yeah. like I said, when we found your program, we said, oh, okay, it is possible to just really, you know, there's a, there's a place, I think, those documentaries and all of that, I think that's great knowledge for people to have because that's ultimately what made us uh, change change mm-hmm. ourselves. But I do think that when people are coming on board or they're even looking at, at changing some of their habits and their lifestyle, that having an open place where they can ask questions and gain knowledge without feeling bashed is, yeah. is a really a, a great thing to have. And that's when we saw you, we said, yes, that's <laughs> what we want to do. <laughs> I'm so glad, and you just do it so well. You make everybody Thank feel you. so Thank comfortable, you. and the word, just the word zen in it, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. <laughs> I'm speaking today with Larissa and Vicki, and they are the co-founders of Vegetarian Zen. That's Vegetarian Zen. You can visit them after the program today at VegetarianZen.com. That's VegetarianZen.com, and you'll find lots of tips, and, of course, their fantastic podcast. You can listen to it there and uh, wherever fine podcasts are distributed, by the way. Vicki, you know, we say to ourselves, you know, this is something I talked about on my television show a lot, and I know you know this. You know, you walk into the grocery store and just, I always say, well, make sure to take your glasses with you because when you get into <laughs> the, uh, you know, out of the, the vegetable and fruit department and you start looking into the other aisles, you have to be able to look at the ingredients and make certain there's no 
milk products or animal products or egg products, etc., in the food. But then there's another issue. I get emails. Oh, I got one just a couple of weeks ago. Someone was watching the show or listening to the podcast or something, and they said, oh, I can't believe it. Why are you saying to add vegan sugar? All sugar is vegan. What's the matter with you? I mean, it was like a, like one of those crazy emails. <laughs> and and uh, of course, with sugar, it's the bone char, you know, that right. uh, can be manufactured. But then there's another thing, non-food products are often not vegan. And Vicki, what makes non-food products either vegan or not vegan? You know, this is something that when I first became plant-based, I was baffled by. I wasn't sure, like, how does a couch, how is a couch vegan? I think because we, we attach so much uh, to food. <laughs> so we think about, when you think about veganism, your mind really goes right to the diet. But it is really more about that uh, than that. I mean, so any, essentially a product that doesn't contain any animals or any animal byproducts that includes not testing on animals is, is vegan. You know, we interviewed someone last, was it this year or last year, Larissa, that we interviewed the founder of Healable, which is a great app, by the way. It's like H-E-A-L. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up and I can send it to you, Laura. But I think what she's created in this app is something that expands even beyond ingredients and in something. But she started to look at the effects of a particular product on the planet. Also on, for example, fair trade and, and wages to, to employees who are making products. Mm-hmm. So really this idea is just expanding. So yes, definitely in its basic form, it's essentially a product that doesn't ha- contain any animals, animal byproducts, or doesn't test on animals. Mm-hmm. But I really like this idea of thinking even broader than that and thinking about what these, what these products do to the planet. I think that's where we get some pushback on some of the, even the plant-based products that aren't necessarily environmentally friendly or fair trade friendly, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah, I I agree 100%. And it's something, too, there's quite a bit of a learning curve to it. Because once again, you know, back when we became vegan, you know, you didn't even think of that at first. I mean, many, many years ago, you wouldn't really think of it. And then I started realizing along the way, well, wait a minute. You know, there's so many animal byproducts that are used in non-food products. So uh, I love the idea of that app. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I'll definitely send you a link. Yeah. yeah. I, I also wanted to say that it doesn't help that the government or a lot of companies, the government actually assists a lot of agencies in hiding some of this. Our regulations aren't where they need to be to where it makes it harder for the consumer and conf- confuses them to to even understand that this is an animal byproduct. Mm-hmm. So it can be very overwhelming, and that's what we communicate to our to our community is don't let this overwhelm you. Let learn a thing at a time. For example, like you said, Laura, with the bone char in in sugar or gelatin not being vegan, those types of things. So mm-hmm. I, I think it, it can be very overwhelming. Hopefully, the technology will help us out here too. I'm sure that's probably Healable is a great app, but I'm sure there will be other ones as well, similar that can help consumers make informed decisions. I love that. That's something I did not know. That's fantastic. I think another thing that you probably get asked a lot from uh, folks that are listening to your podcast, and I get asked that a lot, this a lot as well. Larissa, 
people will say to me, oh, well, where's the protein in that recipe that you just posted? <laughs> and I'm like, well, there's protein in every single thing that's in that recipe. So, you know, so many people think, well, if I'm not eating meat, where am I going to get my protein? Where do vegans get their protein, Larissa? Right. Well, there, you know, there are so many plant-based sources of protein. And one of my, before I uh, elaborate, uh, one of the, the things that people don't even think of is that um, uh, where do animals get the protein? It's from the plants that they eat. I mean, they're just not born with full of protein. You know, they, they get it from the plants that they eat. So plant-based sources of protein are just, just abundant. I mean, you know, the obvious things that, that people think of as protein substitutes like beans and lentils, uh, but then there's also seeds uh, like hemp and chia. There's amaranth, quinoa, nuts, uh, nutritional yeast, spirulina, and then, you know, of course, soybean products like tofu, uh, tempeh, and soy milk. So, you know, those might be more obvious to people uh, if you stop and think about it, but then vegetables also contain protein. So some really good sources of uh, protein in vegetables are broccoli, spinach, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, artichokes, and sweet potatoes, and then even fruit. Even fruit contains some protein. So smaller amounts, but um, two to four grams per cup of bananas or blackberries or guava or nectarines. Those are also uh, good sources of protein. So it's really out there. Um, it's just a matter of uh, knowing which ones have, have the most and incorporating those, you know, into your diet. Exactly. Exactly. I agree 100%. Um, I want to get from both of you. First, I'm going to ask you this, Vicki. So there's somebody listening to your program, let's say. Here's the scenario. And they have Let's say they have a, a fairly large family, uh, you know, three, four kids, whatever, or, or they are entertaining their grandchildren a lot, or they have a lot, you know, whatever it is. And so they're saying, well, I'd like to start being plant-based, but how the heck am I going to get my family to eat this stuff? So, Vicki, I'm going to ask you first. Your top tip for starting on the path to adding more plant-powered recipes when you've got a family or, or friends or trying to feed somebody who's omnivorous in the first place. One of my top tips, and I like doing this myself, and this actually helped us when we were transitioning to plant-based, was to take some of the recipes that you already like and just have fun with taking the meat out, the animal products, and seeing how you can make it vegetarian or vegan, depending on, on, on what you're trying to achieve. And, for, and also, planning is really key. Larissa and I, as I mentioned, we're very transparent with our community that we've struggled with our own challenges when it comes to our diet. And when we plan versus don't plan, it's really obvious to both of us. We're very busy working. We both work from home all day long, but it we're so busy. It's easy for us to say, oh, we'll figure that out later. We'll figure out what we're eating later. And if we take a little bit of time at the beginning of the week to just plan out our meals, we eat so much better and we we are more in line with our goals. So I think if you have a family where you have 
Some folks mm-hmm. that still eat meat, maybe some people are trying to cut it out. I think the best place to do is to start with some recipes that they already like. So, for example, lasagna. There's vegan lasagna. It's pretty easy to, to modify. If you're vegetarian, if you instead of beef enchiladas, just try cheese enchiladas. And, of course, if you're vegan, you can have this vegan cheese that you can mm-hmm. try. Yeah. Also, taco bars is something we talk about. Have something mm. set up to where you, know, you can have lentils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you if you want to substitute that in your tacos, so just I think making it fun and just seeing that it's possible. So you know, I had a friend one time we went out to a restaurant and I ordered the Impossible Burger, mm-hmm. and she said, "Can I try a little bit of that?" So I gave, her, of course, I happily gave her a little bit, and she said, "I could eat that." And she is an omnivore, so you know the fact that she could even see, imagine, I think that it is possible to have a burger without actual meat in it is is a good thing. I agree with you. I agree with you. And what you're saying is so exciting. I agree 100%. That's, that's the way to do it. And I think a lot of people, I remember I had a dinner party years and years ago and uh, it was a lot of people. I mean, I think it was a, a dinner party for 12 and I thought, well, what am I going to make? And so I thought, well, I'll do lasagna. And you know, we're sitting there and we're eating and nobody was a, a vegan, to, to say the least. And one person about halfway through the main course said, Laura, I know you are a vegetarian. I know there's no meat in here, but this tastes just like regular, delicious, delicious lasagna. I would never believe it if you hadn't told me, you know. And so I agree mm-hmm. with you, Vicki. That's that's the thing. I think that particularly now, even in 2013, Larissa and Vicki, when you first started on your path, there were not the meat and cheese analog, uh, you know, options that we have in the supermarket today. It just makes it so much easier, which is what brings me to you, Larissa, because I'm really interested in hearing your top tip for starting on the path to adding more plant-powered meals, vegan meals, into a family meal plan if they're just getting started out. Right. Well, you know, my favorite thing is uh, to sneak stuff. And I I say this, I say sneak stuff because um, this works for picky eaters as well, and I'm kind of a picky eater. But uh, one of my favorite things to do is to add vegetables wherever you can. So when I make pasta uh, and I I use a pasta sauce, you know, if I use like a a jar, an organic jar pasta sauce, I always load it up with grated carrots, uh, sauteed mushrooms and squash, spinach, anything I can cram in there. And it doesn't, you know, it it kind of fills it out so it's not like you don't miss a meat sauce, if that's your thing, um, because it's chunky and it's it's satisfying and it's, you know, it's full of good stuff. So that's one thing. Um, And then I also with lasagna, I do, I'll either do the... um, substitute, I'll just load it up with veggies or I'll completely substitute the noodles for vegetables. So sliced zucchini and and things like that. It's so easy to do that. And then the other thing that I like to do is like Vicki said, adapt recipes. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And so I have some recipes that, you know, were handed down from my grandmother and my, then, you know, my mom, I grew up with my mom making them and, and one of them is a, was a chicken pot pie. And so I just adapted that recipe. The sauce is fantastic and everything, but I just took the chicken out and I added uh, potatoes instead. And then you can add mushrooms or you can add green beans, just anything to, to adapt recipes that you already love. Uh, is is one thing that make can make it a lot easier, especially if you have kids or yep. you know they're used to certain things, and um, then you know substituting mushrooms again for meat is mm-hmm. mushrooms are very meaty and filling and and chewy and and kind of have that texture. Um, and then also, if you don't mind faux meat products, those can really help you kind of transition as well. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention, Laura, you were talking about your lasagna. We had, Larissa and I just passed our wedding anniversary, uh, and we got married in 20, thank, thank you, you. In, uh, 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we had our entire wedding the the food was catered by a vegan caterer, Tex-Mex. And mm-hmm. we're in San Antonio, Texas, and so we take Tex-Mex extremely <laughs> seriously down here. Mm-hmm. And we didn't make a big announcement that it was going to be a vegan caterer or anything. We just had a vegan caterer because that's what we wanted. Everybody raved about the food. And when we mentioned that this was all vegan, everything, I mean, you're talking enchiladas, rice, beans, everything was, was what else did we have? There? Flautas. Flautas, yeah, we had a bunch of stuff. Yeah. They were amazed. So I I think it's just one of those things where, like I said, it's taking what people already know, too, Mm -hmm. is is a little, I think, easier for them to to adapt to when it's something like that. And like I said, this was... These are Texans here that are really serious about Tex-Mex food. <laughs> it, is, it is so important. Um, I'm speaking today with Vicki and Larissa, two amazing, amazing people who are the founders of VegetarianZen.com, and they are the founders of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast. I do urge everyone to go to their website after the program today and check out the podcast and check out the amazing, amazing work that Larissa and Vicki are doing. And you can also, of course, find them on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, too, as well. Am I correct on that or not? We're on there. We just aren't as active. I think yeah. our demographic just doesn't hang out there very much. Mostly on we're on Facebook. We also yes. have a closed Facebook group, the Peas and Carrot Society, yes. that folks yes. are welcome to check out as well. So do go to their Facebook page and uh, check it out and uh, learn more about the amazing work that Vicki and Larissa are doing. VegetarianZen.com. That's VegetarianZen.com. Well, to close, I want to ask you both a very important question. I'm going to start with you, Larissa. It is so important to think about this compassion that we've been talking about throughout the program today in relation to the planet, obviously our bodies, and the animals. So um, I'm going to ask you first, Larissa, what are your thoughts for living in harmony with the planet and our friends, our animal friends, with whom we share it, and of course, other human beings as well. Talk about that a little bit, if you would, please. All right. Well, you know, I I think so many people think that the, this planet belongs to people, and it really 
it really doesn't. I mean, we're we're privileged to live here. It's it's our privilege to stay here. It's not our right. Uh, and I think you know, as evidenced by recent global climate events, the and natural disasters. You know, I, I sometimes it feels like the earth and, and mother nature is just kind of trying to cough up a giant human hairball. You know, it's like, go away. I mean, we're, we're doing so much damage. And I think it's really best uh, to, to adopt an attitude of gratitude and then minimize the damage that we cause to the planet as, in as many ways as we can and then do what we can to replenish the natural resources that we're using. And, you know, the animals were here before we were, of course, and uh, all of the, the natural elements were here before we were and I really think that we need to be respectful of that and I think that that we as a as a species have kind of lost that yeah yeah I I agree with you 100% and Vicki how about you what's your feeling on that subject I, I definitely agree and I think that just kind of to elaborate a little bit on what Larissa said, I think we're right, we're right in on the same page with that. But I think approaching everybody, everything, every, every being and our planet with humility and gratitude is key. I think we, we sometimes forget that we're part of a larger system, a larger universe, and we're only here each individually for a little while. And that it's our responsibility to be, to be good stewards of the planet and to, of each other to help each other compassionately. Absolutely. Well, you are just amazing. It's just such an honor and a pleasure uh, sharing this microphone with you today. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to be with us. And I do hope that we get to do this again. And I'm just wishing you a very, very happy and healthy day and all good things in your lives. Well, thank you so much, and the feeling is mutual. I mean, as Vicky said in the beginning, we we owe uh, a good amount of our our getting started and our success to you and your podcast uh, as well. Yes, thank Yay. you, Laura. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, that was the one and only Vicki Velasquez and Larissa Gullinus. And you can visit them at VegetarianZen.com. That's VegetarianZen.com. And do listen to their fantastic podcast. I've had the great honor of being a guest on their incredible podcast many times. So I want to thank them for that. VegetarianZen.com. That's VegetarianZen.com. Well, in jazzy news this week, Jazzy Vegetarian, the television show, continues to air nationally all across the country on Create TV. That's Create TV. You can learn if it is airing in your area at createtv.com. They have a schedule there to find out if you can watch Jazzy Vegetarian every Sunday, every Monday on Create TV. Oh, if I do say so myself, it's a Fabulous show. Well, now, you've been waiting for it. This week, I've got a quick recipe. It's my recipe of the week. Vegan and delicious. My recipe of the week. My coconut date truffles. I made these 
really tasty, really, really easy coconut date truffles from Michael Feinstein when we filmed his interview for season three of the Jazzy Vegetarian Television Show. And he loved them, so I know you're going to love them too. And this makes 12 to 14 truffles, coconut date truffles. So, so yummy. These are great to have for a healthy snack after school or after work, or you can have them for breakfast. You can serve them for a fancy dinner party. They are good anytime. You're going to start off with six large medjool dates, three heaping tablespoons of raisins, two tablespoons unsweetened shredded dried coconut, two tablespoons of raw or salted and roasted sunflower seeds. Either will work in this recipe. And two tablespoons of unsweetened cocoa powder. All you need to do is line a small baking sheet with unbleached parchment paper. Put the dates, raisins, coconut, and sunflower seeds in a high-performance blending appliance or in your food processor and process to the consistency of soft dough. It's going to be really, really sticky, but, uh, well... You're going to put it together just like this. You're going to transfer the date mixture into a medium bowl, spoon out a heaping tablespoon of the date mixture, and roll it into a ball. Put the cocoa powder in a small bowl, and then roll each truffle in the cocoa powder until it's completely coated, and place it on your prepared sheet. Refrigerate for at least one hour before serving. You can make these the day before you're going to eat them. They keep about three days in the refrigerator. You do want to store them in an airtight container in the refrigerator. Coconut date truffles. They are so, so, so yummy. I do hope you're going to check it out. And you're going to find this recipe at jazzyvegetarian.com. That's jazzyvegetarian.com. And you'll find it under our season three recipes. That's our season three recipes. Jazzyvegetarian.com. Well, as always, this has gone by way too quickly. I'm so happy you choose this podcast to listen to. The Laura Theodore Podcast. Well, until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be well. From me, Laura Theodore, a.k.a. The Jazzy Vegetarian. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.